Deep in the night, your heart fills with dread Probably a murderer who wants you dead It could be a ghost, a demon or worse Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse It's hopeless, you're doomed, you'd call a priest if you could You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood I'm gonna kill you Hello and welcome to another edition of Freaky Friday Where we tell your odd but true stories It's Friday, February 16th and it's Freaky Friday 99. Are you feeling fine? <laughs> <laughs> I am. Wow. I can't believe we're at 99. Amazing. We got 99 Freaky Friday episodes. <laughs> but a bitch ain't one. <laughs> but a Bigfoot ain't one. And all of these, no one's yeah. seen Of Bigfoot. all 99, we haven't had yet a confirmed Bigfoot, 100% confirmed Bigfoot sighting. And I know, Heather, that's all you've been wanting to come out of these. I put it not in the call the to action. the community that has sprung up around yeah, it, yeah, not yeah. the storytelling, you know, and people being able to feel like they can share their trauma in a safe space. It's only so we can get 100% foolproof confirmation that Bigfoot is out there. That's why we started it. But much like the show in general, you all have taken it and made it something <laughs> so much more. My quest to find Bigfoot is now taking a backseat. It's not even in the car anymore because the car is filled with all of you who have taken the time to write all these stories in for all 99, finna be 100 episodes. I can't believe it. All it all from a, an idea of uh, at the Macero in uh, near American Airlines Center mm-hmm. before the Tool concert all those Absolutely. many months ago. <laughs> Years. Years um, ago now. Yeah. That was like, wow, two years ago? Over. Yeah. Three? It was like January, around January of 2022, I think. So we've been mm-hmm. going hard Thank at it. Thank you, George Brown. My Shout out. father-in-law. He's the one that came up with the idea. And look at us now. So, And he was the very first story ever submitted. Our first submitter. Maybe he has another story we can read on number 100. We'll reach oh, out to I him bet and he see does. if he can, he can uh, read to us. But... The community, you're right, that has sprung up around this is like, you all, I feel like so blessed that you all, it's like, hashtag blessed. But for real, it's like <laughs> such a honor to be able to for sure think that you have, like, I was walking the other day and I saw some weird skeletons in my neighbor's yard and I was going to take a picture for you. Because uh, Cost- we haven't. Costumes? No, it real was ones. just like. It could have like been decoration, if, like our skeleton, like oh. uh, Rodney. And then okay. there was a not catter- bones, not a murder. Had taken I didn't place. get close enough. I was like, <laughs> it's February. That's cool that they have skeletons out. But I didn't want to be rude and just like take a photo of their house. So I tried to sneak it kind of like down. And I was like, this might be a fun thing to show Christy. So, but I did a video just because I was like, that way I don't have to like aim it. My dude, I was not watching where I walked. It had recently rained. I slipped and ate shit. I'm like, but it's on camera and I go like, (laughs) and I'm like, God damn it. (laughs) Because, so that's my, you know, I love people falling. The only thing I love more than skeletons are people falling. So you've captured both of my favorite things in one video. I have to show it to you later and get a reaction from you. Maybe we'll post it for people to see. But it was that moment of like, I was so upset in the moment. And I literally yelled out loud, this street's got too much fucking mud on it. (laughs) Dude, the sidewalks like from the runoff at our old house, it would be, it was a hazard to walk down the street after a big rain because you're like, well, I'm either got to walk in this in the street, this busy ass street, or mm-hmm. 
just slip and slide my way through this fucking mud. I slipped and slid. Oh, I'm <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> I felt, but the fun, the thing I thought as I was walking away was like, you know what? At least I can tell the listeners about this. Like, I mm-hmm. was cursed by a skeleton. But it is something um, powerful and being able to, like, control that narrative is, is I was embarrassed. And then I thought, man, somebody, ring doorbell, probably captured that. <laughs> <laughs> that there was just an angry woman in a fanny pack like, ah! But, man, uh, some that- of the best TikToks I've seen are people's ring camera catching them falling. And <laughs> fingers I crossed. laugh and laugh and laugh. Man, I need to check the uh, next door page and see if anybody caught me on theirs. But if not, I have the footage myself. But it was a, a sense of relief of like, well, I can tell Christy and I can tell the listeners. So I hope that all of you who write your uh, your stories into us feel that same sense of relief of like this embarrassing slash painful because <laughs> mm. I twisted my left foot. Oh. Thing. I mean, it's I've been stretching it. But, uh, but, you know, something embarrassing, painful, scary happens to you. It's fun to run back to your pals and be able to like mm-hmm. tell about it so that is what you all provide for us is uh, a place for us to share your stories with everybody so we all feel like we're sitting around a campfire together for sure and we hear all the time people especially in freaky friday like it was so good to get this out and thank you for but i just want everybody to know like y'all do that for us too Mm -hmm. like we've processed a ton of stuff being able to talk about it in this way and being able to share our stories and then hear from people like that it meant something to them, that it helped them, that they went through the same thing. So please know it is a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, we we get out of it uh, as much as y'all do, hopefully. So you got a, a curated lineup today with some wild tales and some very relatable tales, I bet, as well. This first one, this might be the... um Freakiest one to date for me personally. It is the freakiest of Fridays to date. It's, it, it's struck me in a way that others haven't. So with that being said, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get freaky. Well, this first one is from Abby. And the subject line is trust your gut. Hey, y'all. Abby from the Cancer Premonition Dream Submission. Before getting into it, I just want to say that the episode aired the day Dave got his official clear pathology report in the mail. We sent the pic of it along with a link to the podcast episode to all of our family. Several family members sent us celebratory delivery packs of sodas because of the comment that Dave will have to get up from the couch and grab me a Coke for the rest of my life as payback. Thanks for all that sweet, sweet sugary caffeine. Now on to the crime-related Freaky Friday story. Right after I graduated college, I got incredibly sick. When I say right after, I mean directly after my last day of classes. Any smell would make me lose my lunch. I basically made a bed in the bathtub and lived next to the toilet for days on end. Also, I had just gotten my first job offer and was moving 30 minutes away to Austin on very little notice to start. Being so sick, I couldn't really get in a car and ride around with some realtor lady to find a place. So I just picked a place in my budget, close to the river and some pretty walking trails, and signed Sight Unseen. I hired movers and managed to get myself moved into the new third floor apartment, but that was the last functional thing I could do. My sister actually ended up coming to pick me up, and I went back to Houston for my family to help me get better. Turns out I had cyclospora. Don't look it up. It's a parasite. Just be careful of farmer's markets in central Texas. So I was gone for weeks. When I was finally well enough to return to my apartment, 
I found quite the surprise. Opening my front door, I immediately saw that someone had been in my place. Remember, I left immediately after getting moved in. Next to nothing had been unpacked. I started assessing the damage. So many boxes had been opened, packing paper and clothing everywhere. Am I the only one that uses clothes to wrap valuables? Slowly, I started realizing that this was not a normal B&E. A large fishbowl of tips from my prior go-go dancing gigs was just sitting there and touched on my counter. My TV and laptop were still there. No jewelry had been stolen. What had been stolen? My diaries. All of my diaries. Diaries dating back a decade. It gets worse. These diaries are thick, one to two inches, hardback, all the same style, one a year. Because they're so heavy, I packed them in different boxes. Whoever broke in rifled through the various boxes searching for these. My DIY and recipe books are exactly the same type of book. And those? They left those. Only my diaries were taken. Now I had moved abruptly, and no one else except my sister knew where my new place was. I was single, and the guy I had been dating the previous year had already moved back to California to have an arranged marriage. No friends knew where I lived. I was stumped. Did a stranger see me and on-site decide to stalk me? Was this a creepy joke by someone who broke in and decided my goods weren't worth it? How was my door locked? How did this happen? My sister again came up to visit immediately when I told her about my creepy welcome home. She drove up and illegally added about 10 deadbolts to my door. The one thing I did know is that if I dated anyone in this city and it went really well and I thought, man, this dude just gets me. It might be because they broke in and stole all of my diaries. Side note, I guess I should thank the culprit because this is how I decided to safely date a man living in Houston instead, Dave. Fast forward a couple months. I went out one night to go dancing and hopping about my new city. I did this fairly often, just trying to get a feel for my new home. While out, a pretty wild storm blew through, but party on. I got home around 2.30 a.m., I walked up the three flights of stairs to my place and grumbled because the light outside my door was out. My internal dialogue was ticking off my next to-do list. Oops, gotta call the maintenance man to get that fixed. Spooky. No one else's was out. I unlocked my door and immediately tried to flip on the light. Nothing. I thought, ah, the storm must have knocked out the power. Need to trip the breaker. But then I looked into my kitchen and saw the correct time on my microwave. The hairs on the back of my neck rose, and I quickly slammed the door, ran downstairs, and called the on-call maintenance guy. Why did I do that, you ask? When I saw the correct time, I knew the power hadn't gone out. If it had, it would have been blinking, reset. When Carlos got there, I told him what was up and apologized profusely for most likely being silly. He laughed with me and said, no worries, he'll check it out. I was feeling very guilty and regretting my overreaction until very quickly he came back down and told me to call the cops. The cops showed up and after they told me what they had found. Every light bulb in my place, including the one over my front door, had been unscrewed just enough so that it wouldn't turn on when a switch was flipped. My chaotic closet that had a heap of clothes on the floor, those clothes had been moved out of there and hidden beside the bed. The cops believed that someone was waiting for me in my closet, knowing I would probably try to go in there to flip the breaker immediately upon getting home. 
How was my door still locked when I got home? How did this person get in? Well, the cops showed me handles that had been screwed into the porch post all the way from the bottom to my porch. I had not put up the bar in the sliding glass door because I thought I was safe on the third floor. So to get in, they just took the sliding glass door off the track. I didn't see this when I opened the door because the curtains were closed. I try not to think about what would have happened if I hadn't trusted my gut and left immediately. Two days later, my Irish side of my family had heard my mama's story about this and informed me that they would be sending my male cousin and his dog to live on my couch for the foreseeable future. This was actually a good idea. I soon found out why my complex, Lexington Hills, was locally referred to as Lexington Kills. This was just the beginning. The quote, the horrors persist, but so do I, is probably the most adequate descriptor. It includes the time I got abducted by a taxi driver, got chased by the neighborhood voodoo witch, found out the creepy ice cream man was actually a pedophile, the time a man killed someone and moved the body from one vacant apartment to the next for months, and the time that APD tried to bust down my door with an Emmy in full garb, only for me to have to tell them that they were at the wrong address. I moved for Dave. When he heard gunshots, the man would run to the window to look. I'd practically tackle him. What are you doing? That's how you catch a stray bullet. Despite being a decade older than me and spending the past decade in Houston, I could not teach that man proper street etiquette. Stop trying to have small talk with the neighbors when they're trying to sell meth, Dave. Love y'all muchly. Trust your gut. Check the microwave and hear a pop, stop and drop when on the east side. Abby. Abby, oh my God. This terrifies me. The light bulbs. The whole thing. The stealing all of the diaries. diaries. Only the diaries and, and going through boxes to find the extra ones and leaving everything else. So now this person knows everything, all your deepest, darkest secrets. And then the time it takes and the planning screw in handles from the the ground up to the third floor so somebody can climb up the outside Mm -hmm. and then unscrew every light bulb just enough. So you might not notice it, but it's not going to come on. No, that is so sinister. And if you'd gone into that closet, I don't think you would be here to send us this email. And you, I'm to know to in that moment of like coming home from the bar at two 30 and still have enough wits about you to be like, nah, this ain't right. The clock would have been out if the storm had Mm -hmm. done this and then left somebody, uh, somebody just whispered in your ear, a little, Look to the microwave. Right? It's Dude. your uh that survival instinct or mechanism mm-hmm. or whatever to do that math in your head where you're like, oh, the the light must be out. Oh, I'll tell the maintenance guy, open the door. Oh, the light's inside. It must be the storm. Look at the microwave and be like, beep boop, beep boop, beep. Wait a minute. And not just go, oh, that's weird. Maybe it's on a different breaker, but to go, I don't know, this seems strange. I'm gonna go. It's better safe than sorry. And shout out to the maintenance man for being like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, no big deal. I'll check. And then like, I have checked and you should run. <laughs> Fuck. That's so crazy too, that he would be able to notice that so quickly. I mean, With I the guess maintenance guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I guess when the guy in the closet heard the doors shut and then maybe the maintenance guy come back, he he bolted, but I ran out that's- the 
sliding yeah. door. Yeah. God. And back down. I mean, the planning just- that that takes is, yeah. Uh, anyone that is willing to go to those links, I feel like those are the types of people that you have to be the most scared about. Yeah, because it's not an impulsive thing. It is a meticulously planned thing for a long time. And not just, oh, I accidentally left my door open and he popped in because it mm-hmm. was uh, an opportunity. It was, no, you drilled the handles in the outside so you could climb up to my patio door. And like, I call me paranoid, but when I lived on high floors of apartments, always locked my uh, mm-hmm. my patio door Same. and double bolted it only because I was like, I don't know if somebody's going to climb over from one next door you know, climb up, climb over, or come down. You know, I just, I don't like it. That happened that to a uh, mutual friend of ours. Oh, got in through the patio? Someone got in through, um, climbed from one person's patio over to hers and in through it and attacked her while she slept. Yeah, that is. So it, even I mean, if you're on the second or third floor, uh, lock those patio doors because you never know what, people are willing to do and sometimes like if they know like well that i bet they don't lock that up there because they think they have this sense of security also a lot of times you can tell just from looking outside if somebody has that bar down that's fair that's a good point you know because your blinds are on the inside Mm -hmm. so you would still be able to see if the bar was up or not from the outside and that's the thing about you know like we talk about not feeling bad that you've been targeted because the snake is just a snake like the type of people that are going to break into apartments are just scanning and it's like they Mm -hmm. have that uh gut instinct to like say oh that's something i can exploit that's a vulnerability i can exploit so that is eerie. I'm very upset for you for not only the the break in, but also the diaries. That's such a, a precious, you know, it's a tactile, precious memory that you have mm-hmm. that's now been stolen from you. And if somebody stole all my journals, I would go on a killing spree. Dude, I would, right? I'm so precious about my notebooks. I like this makes me want to like put them on, like under lock and key because I would <laughs> lose or like you go get and a scan safe them for them. Yeah, I get a safe or go and scan them or something because it makes my stomach hurt to think about losing all that and being like, oh, I could have gone back and seen. Like I have one of my diaries from Hurricane Katrina, like something like mm-hmm. that, where it's like, I don't remember what I was feeling. And then I look at I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I remember. Damn. And, you know, just even if something you wanted to process, and regardless if you never look at it again, that's like an intimate thing that you yeah. that's yours, that it's freaking scary as hell that they left a big old bucket of money, a laptop, a TV. That's what makes you sick where you're like, oh, they're not here for stuff. They're not here for stuff. They're here for, yeah, for something that can't be replaced. Yeah. It's such a violation to know that your house or anything has been broken into at all and all your stuff rifled through and somebody's been touching it. But then the one thing that gets taken is like, your most deepest, darkest secrets. Ugh. Horrifying. Also, to keep a journal, a diary every year is amazing. I yes. When I read that, I was like, fuck, I wish I'd done that a long time ago. I'm like, like, I'd love to be able to look back when I was like 18 and see like what I mean, there's some I got some diaries, but to I wish that I had been like diligent about really kind of journaling and documenting stuff that, like you said, there's no way I would remember all that stuff now. But then if I had and somebody took it, 
oh, I'd be so pissed. I'll kill you. My grandma, mm-hmm. I'm, it's not too late. My grandma started journaling. She was born in 1916 and she started journaling in the mid 60s. So she would have been like in her 40s when her sister got cancer. And she initially started journaling to keep notes of like what the doctor said and her sickness and her prognosis. Well, then she just took that and started di- like journaling every day or not journaling, but like keeping a diary every day. And for us to go back and look at like my Aww. birthday and it's like, yeah. oh, Nancy went to the hospital. It's like so exciting. So it's mm-hmm. not, it, you can all, you can start today. Today can be day one of your, uh, of your diary keep. Some days it would just be like rain today, not a, you know, couldn't go out. <laughs> and other days it would be like long and emotional. Like I'm so grateful mm-hmm. for my kids. They're so wonderful. And then when mm-hmm. they're gone, you're like, oh, that's so nice. It's like a message yeah. from the beyond. So until some sack of shit breaks in and steals them, I hope wherever that person is, something just as intimately uh, jarring happens to them as well. Like yeah. as their diary is getting stolen. Well, and if it was the same person, yeah, then, um, you know, but Lexington kills. This is my fear of moving to a city that like you can't go and scope out first. And one of the reasons I was always scared to move to like a big city is because you don't really know those types of things if you don't live there. Mm-hmm. So somebody's got to tell us. <laughs> when you see a single woman move into Lexington like, Kills, oh. just do Carlos, somebody do her a favor and be yeah. like, by the way, this this has a reputation around here. But Jesus Christ, the uh, track record this apartment complex has is very upsetting. Yeah, it is wild. It makes me think of when I moved in with my friend and to that place in Mesquite that then I we got held up at gunpoint and then I told other people like, oh, yeah, I was living in that complex and I got held up. And they were like, well, yeah, you were living in that <laughs> complex. Like, it's just known. And I was like, well, I wish someone would have told me before mm-hmm. all the horrible things that befell me there. But yeah, if you're working in a leasing office and it's a single woman alone, you just got to be like, um, I don't think we have any places available. <laughs> you don't know, probably you, uh, go, go about- check. 10 blocks down the street and see if yeah. they've got anything over well, there. Well, now Google reviews and uh, apartments.com. True. Like people leaving reviews hopefully can uh, keep, steer folks away from that. But hear a pop, stop, and drop. That's like the old house I used to live in. You and I would hear gunshots oh, all yeah. the time and be like, don't go to the window. Uh, my house as well. I was not far from there. Right. And now <laughs> with the highway right there, you heard pops all the time. And you just got to kind of um, like Dave. Yeah. If you're not used to it, you're like, oh, what was that? But once you live there a while, you're like, just ignore it. Like, just like, stay away. Mind your business. <laughs> I hope it's fireworks. <laughs> I can't tell. But uh, speaking of Dave, we do want to say congratulations yes. on the clear pathology report. That's great news. Amazing. Yes, that is definite. And like you said, Abby, if it took this to meet Dave, perhaps all of this, losing all of those diaries was worth it. True. You get you get the love of your life. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for sending that in. And thank you for trusting your gut. Mm -hmm. Sinisterhood will be right back. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, we've learned that there's always a catch. So when we heard that Mint Mobile's wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, you know, we're we're cynical people. We're like, what's the catch here? No, there's always got to be a catch. But after talking to Mint Mobile, it all made sense. There is no catch. Mint Mobile's secret is that they sell wireless services online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. 
We use Mint Mobile as a phone for the show so we don't have to give our personal numbers out. We're doing all kinds of business stuff. And it is so nice that we set it up in two seconds. Mm -hmm. When I've set up cell phones before, I've spent hours on the phone. I had to go to a dang store. Even they're like, I don't know, sometimes I just break. But with Mint Mobile, (laughs) I told Paris, I need you to handle this setup. And then he's like, it took like 30 seconds. What what do you want me to tell you? And it's we've had nothing but great service from them. Quality, fast, lightning fast internet service, no outages, no drop calls, nothing like that all just right in right in my house. I didn't have to go anywhere. <laughs> no, yeah, you didn't have to leave. That's the best part. Uh, to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped straight to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash sinisterhood. That's mintmobile.com slash sinisterhood. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash sinisterhood. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Speaking of trusting your gut, Josh here was on the same um, wavelength as Abby when he titled his email, which is always trust your gut. Always. And just heads up, there is a uh, brief reference to harm to children in this one. Josh writes, first off, let me start off by saying I am very new to listening to your show. My wife, on the other hand, is not. I would hear your show playing in the background as she would be doing her makeup and getting ready to go somewhere. It's been within the last three to four months that I've become an avid listener. Now on to my trust your gut story. Obviously I'm a married man, but my story is from when I was a 16 year old kid who was green behind the ears to life. I had a best friend growing up and we were always together, either out playing sports with other neighborhood kids or just riding around wasting gas around our small little town in middle Tennessee that we grew up in. Well, one summer, when we were 16 years old, my best friend was like, hey, my uncle's a deputy sheriff and works off-duty as security at the movie theater the next town over. He said we can come over there and that he can get us into the movies for free. Well, heck yes, we said heck yes. We were pumped to go see Men in Black in theaters. You do the math to figure out my age. So we get ready and head out to the movies. We get there and meet his uncle. And right off the bat, I got the creeps from him. Just a gut feeling like you all talk about on the show. Like scan the room and something's up with this dude. I reluctantly accepted the free ticket as this guy was my best friend's uncle and a deputy sheriff nonetheless. So maybe I'm being weird. We watched the movie and as we're walking out, mind you, it was a late showing so we didn't get out until after 11 p.m. The uncle was standing outside the theater waiting on us. He came up and said it was late, and why don't you both come crash at my place? I have alcohol, he says, which made my ears perk up, but not in a good way. Like, dude, you're a sheriff's deputy, and you're going to give two minors alcohol? My best friend was all about it, and wouldn't you know it, peer pressure got the best of me, and we went to his apartment in a not-so-great part of town. After walking in, he takes his gun belt off and lays it on his table that's right by the door when you walk in. He's looking at us like, you see this gun? Well, my friend being my friend, tells me to lighten up, and asks his uncle to take the clip out, to which he agrees and unloads it and hands it to my friend. Drinks! He says very loudly as he hands the gun to my friend, and proceeds to pull out shot glasses and pour alcohol for all of us. Right then and there, my gut had had enough of me ignoring it. My instinct was, we have to go. After the uncle begging and pleading for us to stay, and my friend badgering me to stay, they both finally gave in, and we left. 
Fast forward to our senior year in high school. My friend calls me and says, hey, turn on the news right now. I turn it on and who's staring us down on the television but his uncle, under arrest for drugging and raping young boys. I couldn't believe it. I was stunned and immediately felt like I was going to throw up. The thought of that could have been us. So ladies, I want to applaud you for encouraging listeners to listen to your gut. And if you have that feeling that something's not right, get out of the situation or scream for help. I always hear your stories of women being in these situations. And I just wanted to make it known to you all that there's men out there too that have these stories. I love the show and you two keep fighting the good fight and helping listeners. I don't know if this will make it on the show, but if it does, to everyone listening right now, listen to your gut. Thanks for listening to my story and have a great day. P.S. For the life of me, I have been wearing my phone battery out to try to find the footage or pictures of this guy on the internet, but I can't. I can assure you this happened and that I saw that bastard's face on the television on the news. Well, damn. Thank you, Josh, for sharing this. Mm -hmm. That is that situation where you're like, this is like an after school special that it's yes. like, you want to touch my guns? Do you want to have a little alcohol? And it's like, this seems amiss. And yeah. to just be like, I'm going to go. And it's like, oh, come on, man. You could drink. You get to touch a gun. And it's like, sums up. And I'm going to go. This makes me feel like when I watched that after school special of different strokes. Yes. Wesley and like, Willis go to the man's pictures. shop. And yeah. And like, he's giving them alcohol and making them watch videos with their shirts off and stuff. Mm -hmm. If if you got that feeling when you first met him and then you get to the apartment, it, it I mean, to say it escalated is an understatement. There's guns, there's alcohol, y'all are minors. Also, it's the relative, so he probably does think, oh, well, you know, I'm his uncle, so they'll be a little more trusting. Mm-hmm. And everything about too, like, it is so stomach dropping. It makes you sick. It's like, oh, it's mm -hmm. a sheriff's deputy, which as a kid, you always train kids to be like, you can run to a police officer for help. But then what happens when the police officer's like, you want to break a little law with me? And you're like, yeah, uh, this is it really does like shock you as a kid because you think, oh, if anybody's going to follow the rules, it's going to be this guy. And then when they don't, that's and you already have kind of a sus feeling about him. That is uh, it's. Just it compounds it and it makes, but you peer pressure, man, it'll get you yeah. to have your friend be like, Oh, come on, man, like he's cool and We've he's my there. uncle. You're right. The uncle's taking advantage of and trying to bait, you know, kids with his own nephew just because there is that added level of like, Oh, he'll trust me, but I appreciate his nephew as well. Yeah. No, I agree. God knows if I, I don't know. That's. That's horrifying enough, but I appreciate Josh pointing out, you know, it does, th these kind of trust your gut situations happen to everybody. Yeah. I think a lot of time, perhaps because we are women co, you know, co-hosts of the show, we get more submissions, but I appreciate this, you know, between this stalking, you know, all kinds of these things happen to all of us. And the more vulnerable we're willing to be and tell these stories, like Josh was willing to tell us this, the more we realize, no, this, this is ubiquitous. Like predators mm -hmm. don't predator, like they're going to yeah. regardless, and they might choose to predator boys instead of girls, you know? I think it's a lot more underreported in boys mm -hmm. and men too, because of the stigma surrounding it. But I just watched Lover, Stalker, Killer on Netflix. Oh, I that, yeah. Um, it's wild, but if you you need to just have a, some proof that, oh, yes, this 
stalking very much happens to men. Mm-hmm. Go check it out. I remember hearing that story, so I knew what was going to happen watching mm. it. But it was still, it's a uh, it's alarming, and the the links some people will go to to uh, ruin someone's life and get what they want is the it knows no it has no bounds. It's just it's disgusting. Yeah. But I'm so glad that you, Josh, got out of the situation, and I bet in hindsight, your uh, best friend is also glad that you listened to your gut and got y'all out of there. Oh, most definitely. What a thing to have to call your friend and be like, remember that uncle that I brought you over to his house? Turn the news on. I've got some... Hopefully that uncle was locked up for a long time. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you, Josh, for sending that in. And thank you, Josh's wife, for introducing your husband to our podcast. We love to hear it. I love that, like... because. It's kind of like a joke, you know, of (laughs) men will hear their wife's stuff as they're walking through the room, like their reality shows. And they're like, what? Are you watching that again? But then you like look over and they're like, what's happening though? Like, is that storyline from last week still going on? You're like, you're interested now. (laughs) I'm glad we could, we have the same lore as like a Real Housewives franchise or something where you're like, what's going on there? Paris would do that when I watched Beverly Hills. He's like, Oh, wasn't she mad at her last week? I'm like, how do you know? I, I don't. It's it's fine. <laughs> like a siren's call. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> well, this next one is from Meredith. And Meredith writes, Gypsy Rose was my sister's roommate. Hello, Sinisterhood crew. I've listened to you all over the backroads of Oklahoma as a home visiting nurse. Thank you for making me laugh and keeping me sane. With the recent release of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. I felt it was time to send in my sister's story. My sister, Amy Jo, was diagnosed with brain cancer in May of 2007. She underwent surgery and subsequent treatment at Kansas University Medical Center. While there, she stayed at a place called Hope Lodge in Kansas City. She met many friends there and played the flute for other patients and taught beating classes. She also adopted many grandparents, as she was in the habit of doing. But I digress. I remember her talking about a young girl there called Gypsy Rose. This girl was about five years old and had cancer. My sister felt awful for her. My sister had the biggest heart ever and wanted to obtain her art therapy degree to help kids with cancer. My sister did well with treatment and was able to return to university and finish her bachelor's in art and was one semester away from her master's in art therapy when her cancer returned. Sadly, she passed away in November of 2012 at the age of 28. Imagine my surprise when my mom asked if I had heard about the Gypsy Rose case and reminded me that she and my sister had met and interacted with Gypsy and Dee Dee. My mom's name is Dee, so it's the kind of thing that sticks with you. At Hope Lodge. I had not put the two together and was shocked. My sister had said Gypsy was about five, but if she was born in 1991... This would have made her about 15 or 16 at that time. Please do not fact check my math. This isn't my story, but I love to talk about my baby sister any chance I get and what an amazing person she was. Through my sister's eyes, the picture I always had of Gypsy Rose was a bright, animated child with a flower crown and beads. I prefer to see the world through my sister's eyes, where everything was art, old people make the best friends, and with an attitude of, how can I help? Thank you for sharing this story and for all that you do to raise awareness and entertain us. I, too, believe you die twice, once with your physical death and once when your name is said for the last time. 
This is why I talk about my sister, Amy Jo, and how amazing she was at every opportunity. Love to you all, Meredith. Well, here's to Amy Jo, and may we all see the world as art and make friends with older people and have an attitude of how I can help. That's a a beautiful legacy to leave. And especially seeing, you know, now in hindsight with what you know about Gypsy Mm -hmm. Rose and Dee Dee, that memory of her is just a bright animated child like playing in the beating class. Nobody would have known. No, and I'm not going to fact check your math, but I will say most people thought she was way, way, way younger than she was. So it she could have been 15 or 16 and presenting as five. And Dee Dee could have been telling people she was five because she was so malnourished and sick that she Mm -hmm. uh, looked significantly younger than she was and didn't develop, you know, on Mm -hmm. on uh, how you would typically otherwise. Yeah, especially the teeth and the feeding tube and all that, the malnourishment. And, you know, saying, oh, you know, her medical records were lost in Hurricane Katrina, so they mm-hmm. could have lied and told anybody whatever age. So, yeah. But that's, you know, a memory of, you know, your sister and mom saying, that's the that's the kid you taught beating to. Oh, my yeah. God. And she wasn't to also know how sick poor Amy Jo was and other kids that were in that ward and to have Dee Dee in there running the grift that she was and using, you know, Gypsy Rose as the pawn, how she did. It's really sad when you see that. She took resources and and utilized things like the Hope Lodge that are meant for families who really do have sick family members. And you see, that's a seat that she took that could have been some other kid in their family that that needed it for real. And so that's it makes it even I mean, everybody that whole case, there's a lot of sick behaviors Mm. involved. But yes, Dee Dee's scam that she ran, that grift that she ran, you see, like you got to leave. You get to leave Hope Lodge. A lot of families don't. Exactly. And also knowing she knew, you know, yeah. oh, I mean, yeah. she, she knew. knew she wasn't so sick. For to know, like, go into that knowingly of like, I know what I'm doing and I'm still going to do it and put your own greed and selfishness and sickness ahead of, um, like you said, that could have gone to a child that actually needed it. Mm-hmm. But I choose to remember her like your sister did as well. So. Here's to Amy Joe. May we all see the world through the eyes of how can I help? Most definitely. Sinisterhood will be right back. We got so much laundry in this house that sometimes yeah. I'm like, who who is paying the mortgage here? I feel like the laundry should, because there's more of you <laughs> than people in this house at this point. And I feel so bad about buying those huge plastic tubs of like pods and everything to do laundry. But Earth Breeze has made me feel like I can get stuff under control and feel less guilty about my carbon footprint now. No, I agree. I hate buying those big tubs, but the magic of Earth Breeze in their eco sheets is it is liquidless laundry detergent sheets. It doesn't seem possible, but it is. They dissolve in all wash cycles, hot or cold, and you don't have to jack around that big plastic jug so you can feel nicer about being kinder to our planet. Absolutely. Earth Breeze is super easy to use. It's one cardboard envelope with enough detergent sheets for 720 loads. It's dermatologist tested and it doesn't leave my skin feeling itchy or irritated with kiddos. That's super important for us too. It provides a powerful clean that fights odors and stains again with our children. The (laughs) 
of odors and stains. Oh, Lord. But with Earth Breeze, it leaves our clothes fresh with every single wash. This is what really convinced us on Earth Breeze, too. With every purchase, Earth Breeze donates 10 loads of detergent to a charitable cause of your choice. Over 100 million loads have been donated. It's just, you feel good about the Earth. You feel good about helping other people. You literally feel good because it's not itchy on your skin. And it seems impossible that so many loads of laundry can be done in such a small package. But that's Earth Breeze for you. The science is beyond me, but I appreciate somebody else. It's from the future. I appreciate somebody smarter than me figuring it out, and then I get to reap the benefits. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Right now, our listeners can get started with EarthBreeze and save 40%. Go to earthbreeze.com slash creepy. That's earthbreeze.com slash creepy for 40% off your subscription. Well, this next one is from Liberty, and the subject line is Early Bird Gets the Carjacker? Hey ladies, fellow Texan and former Dallasite here, although this story happened when I was living in Denton. Back in 2018, my husband, young daughter, and I lived in a townhouse just north of the downtown square in Denton. For those who don't know, Denton is a pretty artsy college town about 45 minutes away from Dallas. Although our block of townhouses had just been remodeled and was mostly occupied by young families like ours, the rest of our neighborhood was mostly rental houses geared towards college kids. A lot of these houses were in disrepair, and we often encountered folks who seemed to be high or drunk walking around our block. Some other background that's important to know. Our townhouse did not have a garage, just a poorly lit covered parking lot off the alley behind the house, and I am notorious for forgetting to lock my car. On the morning that this story happened, I needed to be in Austin by mid-morning for a work meeting. In order to get there on time, I needed to leave our house around 5 a.m., I walked out to my car in almost total darkness while everyone else in our house slept. As I approached my car, I remember hearing some small sounds that I assumed was one of the neighborhood cats. Once I could see my car, the first thing I noticed was that my driver's door was just barely open. It struck me as odd, but I assumed I had just been more careless than usual the night before and just hadn't closed the door all the way when I got out. Instead of opening up that door the rest of the way, I went around to the other side of the car to load my work stuff in. When I did this, I saw that a bunch of the random stuff that had been in my center console was now on the floor or in the cup holders. Hmm, weird. I set my stuff down, closed the passenger door, and walked around to get in the driver's seat. That was when I saw a giant-ass knife sitting on my driver's seat. Like the blade was as long as my hand, big-ass knife. Immediately, I knew that someone else had been in my car. The only plausible reason I can come up with for this knife being left in my car is that I actually walked out while someone was trying to steal shit out of my car, and in their hurry to leave before I saw them, they forgot their knife. In hindsight, I'm pretty sure those sounds I heard were the perpetrator sneaking away. Fucking terrifying. I drove with all of my interior lights on until the sun came up, and even then, I kept checking my back seat every five minutes. Even though we've since moved away, I never leave my car unlocked anymore. I usually turn on my phone flashlight if I have to walk to my car in the dark. What would have happened if I had walked out just a few minutes earlier or later? Or if the person knew that I was just a 20-something woman by herself that was walking towards her car? It freaks me out every time I think about it. Anyway, thanks for keeping it creepy and providing plenty of entertainment on all my work trips since then. I've got plenty of ghostly encounters that I hope to send in another time. Always lock your car. 
Do always lock your car. Yes, you should Ooh, do Liberty. that. Liberty. Oh, Liberty, Liberty Mutual. Yeah. We're so <laughs> glad that um, you weren't hurt in this. Right. I got to say, I think if this person had wanted to hurt you, they would have stuck around, especially knowing they had a knife. So I think they, it sounds like they were just there for the stuff and they bolted when they heard you coming up, but that is again, such a violating gross feeling to know someone has been going through your stuff. And then you're like, Oh my Christ, they had a weapon too. So you really lucked out that that uh, it didn't go worse than it did. Right. Just to be like, I'll go to the other side and put my boxes in. What the fuck is that? Yeah, that's not what you want to. And luckily you looked down and looked before you sat on a giant knife. Oh, night. shit. That yep. would have been terrible. But those, uh, the off-campus housing over in Denton, at least back a few years ago, it might have been judged up a little bit since. But that's where Paris and his fraternity brothers all lived in. Like, mm-hmm. one of them's parents, like, bought this three-bedroom house, kind of, like, knowing that the college students would destroy it. Like, yeah, well fix it up afterwards but though that's where paris would talk about like crazy house parties and people walking all over the place so mm-hmm. that is uh that's the magic of living near a college that's uh, my alma mater that's i right. <laughs> lived in Denton and went to unt and it um to see when you <laughs> liberty said we would also see people hire drunk walking around our block that's just Denton. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is all the time, regardless of <laughs> where you live. But actually, Denton's a great town. It's oh, yeah. um, and it's changed a lot since since I went to school there in good ways, and also, yeah. you know, some of the charm of it has since been bulldozed and mass uh, production t- took over consumerism. But one thing that hasn't changed is uh, cars getting broken into. So yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, your car got broken into. <laughs> Yeah, my car got broken into um, in high school twice, one on campus and one at the Whataburger um, down the street from Trying to get your taquito on and somebody smashes your window. That is heinous. I was so pissed. I threw the milkshake I had just got. I threw it down. And and, yeah, and that's what I remember is how (laughs) I was like, damn it, why did I do that? Now I'm doubly mad. I've got to deal with this. And now I don't have my chocolate milkshake anymore. I rage slammed that fucking shake. They're like, the cops come like, do do they spill this milkshake here? No, that was me in anger. That was Um, me. No, no, neither time. I don't think I called the the cops. Maybe. I might have. The one in school was actually not on school property. It was like parked right outside. So, you know, the school was like, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's not our jurisdiction. They, mm-hmm. they chose the the law of the sea and decided to pass the buck <laughs> to somebody else. And Fort Worth PD was like, I'm sorry, your um, Goo Goo Dolls CD and your TI-85 are not at the top of our list right now. <laughs> You're like, you don't understand. Fucking Black Balloon slaps. I need that record back. I need it back. Also, all of the answers for my Kim test were saved <laughs> in my TI-85 because – that is, you could go in and and, and yeah. program like uh, formulas and shit in secret little areas. But then yeah. your teacher would let you use your calculator and you'd just be like, beep, boop, beep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder, did, write us in, Sinisterhood Podcast at gmail.com. I would like to know, <laughs> do they still have TI-86 or TI-83, whatever they were? Do they still have those big ass graphing calculators or do you guys just use computers now? Is that an old lady question? <laughs> I think it might be. <laughs> <laughs> I remember having an 83 and then upgrading to the 85. They are so big 
Like it's it came with a, a thing that slid over the front. Like you yeah. slid it off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thing is great. Honestly, they kind of look like what a Nintendo Switch looks like now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember about one as of my big too. You could plug it into the computer. One of my friends, I think it was the friend whose dad was a programmer, and they were always doing shenanigans on like the school computers. But he had figured out how to get games on it. Oh yeah, you, we had games. And he like did something where you push certain numbers, and then it would pop up like a whole new like menu. And that's yes. where he had like games and shit saved. Um, and I was like, I don't even use mine for math correctly, much less <laughs> I'm not going to be able to like play a we game. We had all on sorts here. of games. Solitaire. Yeah. Uh, I think. Um, Oh, what's snake? That snake, was a big yeah, one that we dude. would play too. Or Minecraft. Yeah. This is why thing. I failed physics and and <laughs> chemistry. By the way, <laughs> I was just I like, wasn't doing bad. I was five, doing five, three. Yeah, seven, I was like eight, oh, oh, eight, and be like boob, boob. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, boob or and uh, what was it? Boobies, boobs, boobies. Yeah, yep. Oh man, the yeah. 90s. Pop us a note. I want to know if y'all still use those big ass graphing calculators or if it's just like there's computers. I imagine now. that it's since. Children in elementary school now are issued like laptops. <laughs> I'm gonna guess that it's they just use that, but maybe not. I hope. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it Gen back. Gen Alpha, it's up to you. You gotta bring back the TI. Just kidding. Don't. They're like so much plastic. It's probably terrible for the environment. <laughs> yeah, they only lasted so many years. I do remember like if you could get a kid that was graduating who wasn't gonna like use it in college and mm-hmm. get them to like sell it to you, that was like the key. But uh mostly I was in the the like on target math classes. So that wasn't doing like major calculus. Or no, 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 no. Oh, Ella has man. really taken to math. Oh. And I'm like, well, good for you. Crush it, And kid. she wants me to do like word problems with her, which are my Achilles heels. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, no. if Janet had five apples and Carlos has three apples, it's like I'm like, te- oh terrible at math. I don't like logic problems. <laughs> Yeah, any of those. I'm conquering my own demons through, I'm healing my inner child of my math trauma through my daughter now. I love that to think like, you know what? You're going to teach me something, kid. And she's probably going to delight in those memories of like, my mom did word problems with me. Oh, dude. We had the, Tommy's going tonight, like where you get to go sit in on class and they show you the stuff because she goes to a Montessori school. So they show you like the different types of work they do and the way that they learn math blew my mind Wacko never stuff. seen it done wow. that way before it's 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 like with these tiles and the way they it's crazy it, i can't even explain it because i don't i've never done it but it it works and i was like what this is just how you learn math and then i had to go ask her teacher a question about it after because i was like <laughs> i've never seen this before that's like i mean i like that because back in my day it was like you can do uh 100 problems in 60 seconds and if not we're gonna yell at you and i'm like yeah. well i have adhd so i'm gonna look off at the wall for about 30 of those seconds and then we didn't have accommodations yeah we didn't have accommodations back then it was just well you don't know math now and it was like all right cool 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 cool, cool. no worries yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I love it. I love that. Well, she's teaching us. She can teach us all. The The young Gen Alpha is going to – a lot of them say they kind of want to unplug from social and, um, and like, get kind of get back to, you Do know, it. the phone is for – This is why we're going to TI-85. It's coming back, baby. It's coming back. Yeah, we're going to take it back to the 90s where there was no social media. Mm-mm. Oh, man. I look up to the skies every day and say <laughs> thank you for not having social media when I was in high school. I think it or middle school or elementary school, but all of it, I could not have handled it. 
Oh, no. As bad as I was bullied by kids passing notes at me or about me or around me, the I could at least go home and, like, my family, I was safe mm-hmm. at home. But to think that, like, I would have a thing in my pocket that they could, like, I started getting, the first time I was, like, cyberbullied was, like, high school. And I remember initially being, like, I didn't even think about somebody going on the internet and writing something mean about me. This is crazy. And then mm-hmm. it's, like, no, that's, like, a lot of what it is now. So hopefully mm-hmm. they'll, uh, they'll eschew that all that social media obsession and go back to the basics of just bullying each other with notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, day. go back to handwritten bully notes, okay? Yeah. Gen Alpha and then whatever the one is after that, which I think is Simon. I don't know if he's Alpha. He might be the one after, but they just keep on. Beta? Does it just start over? Yeah, Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, Epsilon. They'll just go all the way through the alphabet. Uh, well. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we're taking it back to the old school because we're some old fools who are so cool. So... <laughs> Uh, thank you, Liberty, for uh, thank you, sharing the story and all this these uh, old memories that it kicked up. <laughs> I bet you I've got a TI-85 somewhere. I was thinking that. I, I bet at like my it, mom's I do. I was going to say, I think mine's in my old closet at my mom's house or something. Nancy, Kathy, get on that. Find us our TI-85. <laughs> I got to find this. Yeah. I, who? How would it even turn on? I don't know. We'll, th- we'll figure it out. I think batteries. We'll f- if we find our calculators, we'll do an unboxing. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, because they yes. come in a box, so we can. Yeah, I love that though. It was so satisfying the way oh, it went, yeah. and just. I also had one of those stolen out of a backpack. Same school, walking Damn. down the hall. Savage. I know it was like in the front snatched. zipper on my backpack. Man, the front yeah. part of the backpack. I know what you're talking about. That's it. Yeah. Okay. A- we don't need to get into this right now. It's a Patreon bonus to. content throw. <laughs> uh, judge, was that a Judge Christine? Regardless, it's the front of the backpack. It's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. The part that sticks out with the zipper yeah. is what I'm talking about. Whatever you <laughs> want to call that part. The I front, I, I suppose. <laughs> Sinisterhood will be right back. Well, this next one is from Bunghole Surfer. Hell Yeah. Uh, and they write, I uh, married a Salem witch descendant. Dear Heather and Christy, I'm so grateful for your voices. Came for the true crime, stayed for the beautiful, gentle progressivism and incredible parenting model. I left the U.S. in 2017, and the work you do on the podcast gives me hope that there will be something to return to if the global tsunami of fascism wipes out the expat freelance artists in my current part of the world. I'm originally from little old New England. And the thing is, no matter where I go, I just keep finding and falling in love with other New Englanders. I met my spouse on my very first day in the country I moved to, and we quickly realized we grew up about 90 minutes away from each other and had gone to the same Rufus Wainwright and Ben Folds 5 concert in Boston. Ah, yes, the gay aughts. A long-ass time ago. Anyway, I'm a latecomer to Sinisterhood, so sometimes I treat myself to a dip in the time machine. I just listened to Bunghole Liquors, not what I was expecting, and heard you telling the story of Giles Quarry. Would you believe me if I said, in an old man under a ton of rocks voice, that more weight has long been a catchphrase in our household? And then I heard Heather say that her ancestor was on the side of the judicial system in the Salem witch trials. Well, my partner's ancestor was among the last victims— I think he was probably more of a Quaker sympathizer and eccentric storyteller than an actual witch. Plus, his wife had a lot of land. The whole family was imprisoned, and they confessed to witchcraft, probably because they knew it would prolong the court procedures 
and they'd have time to get their affairs in order and see that their younger kids, who were left alone on the pillage farm after their parents' arrest, were taken care of. They'd seen countless others swiftly tortured to death for denying the charges brought against them. The ancestor who was hanged recanted his confession at the gallows. Thankfully, the governor swooped in and pardoned all the prisoners awaiting witchcraft trials shortly after, so the rest of the family survived. There's a lot more to the story, but I'll leave that to the professionals. The last thought I'll leave you with is this. How have we not yet learned, see history repeats itself century after century, that confession under duress or manipulation is not a confession? Lots of gratitude and love to you. Well, 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 you've met the other side. Oh, no. I told you, my, my guy got fired because he was like, these aren't witches. And they're like, you're fired. You're not a good sheriff. And he was fired. like, deal. All right. No, yeah. No. They, but how sad that many of them said, yeah, because they saw what happened if they denied it. And either way, they're mm-hmm. going to kill you. Just one of the ways it doesn't take as long and you can get your affairs in order and see your kids. That's so sad that... Yeah, it's not like today where a child's family is taken from them. Okay, well, somebody will step in at the state to help see Mm-mm. the children are taken care of. No, you're five years old and now you run a farm. Yeah, yeah, you're somebody's got to plow it. And it's like, but it's so much taller than me. And they're like, <laughs> get out there. Mom and dad are in jail. And the, someone having a lot of land and a lot of money, we learned that from Professor Nicodemus Watley on our mm-hmm. walking tour, that oftentimes it was the people that had, you know, enough money that it would be worth it for the state to like take all their resources, but not so much money that they could fight it. So it's like, you kind of got punished for like doing all right for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we've like kind of made it. And it's like, yeah, you've made it just long enough for us to come in and fucking come in and take all your stuff mm-hmm. but yeah that's a great question 1690s and it's 2024 and law enforcement sometimes still does the same stuff that was done back then of like just put a bunch of rocks on him and now it's like just don't feed him and don't tell mm-hmm. them that they are allowed to have a lawyer don't let them talk to their mom like mm-hmm. anytime you see that you it's just a manipulation of the justice system and it's not a real answer but We'll uh, we'll talk about coerced confessions in an upcoming series of episodes we're working on here with a, a wrongful conviction. Yeah, we were talking, I was going to say just the other night about how bananas it is that so much of the justice, I use that term loosely, I won't even, legal system, let's say that, because I don't think there's a lot of justice in it, but that it hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some things that these laws and stuff were written in the 1700s and mm-hmm. yet somehow we're still like using these things and w- nothing is the same. So why should that be the same? Everything else advances, you know, technology, people, society, but we are stuck in the gallows when it comes to like uh, reproductive rights, human mm-hmm. rights, LGBTQ plus rights. It's just wild that, So much of us has just stood still in history when other things, you just see so much money, like the military, dumped into to like advance those things. But then I just found out the other day, Heather, and I haven't even told you. Did you know? We've been apart too long. And by that, I I know I've been sick and we missed Galentine's and (laughs) Galentine's. I put it on your porch because you were (laughs) deathly ill. And I was like, I'm not even trying to like knock on the door and say hi to you because I don't want to get sick. But I wanted to give you Galentine's. I loved it. And it cheered me up very much. And I so I haven't got to tell you that I learned the other day 
Hmm. that it wasn't until 2023 that scientists started testing feminine hygiene products with menstrual blood. They're like, we've just been using the blue water. (laughs) Yeah. No, they weren't even using blood, let alone menstrual blood, which Which is is a different different thing. And it's not even all just blood. There's all sorts of stuff going on. That shows you how little care is given to like reproductive. Oh, yeah. Like research in our country. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? It always reminds me of (laughs) when NASA, that song of like. Remember when NASA asked the astronaut if 100 tampons would be enough for one week? 100 tampons. These are the brightest minds that we have to work on this. And somehow they still don't have a fucking clue what is going on down there. They're like, what if it just starts and it won't stop? Yeah. We need a hundred tampons. Like, there's well, like some. I feel like someone told me there's a science reason, but it's still funnier to be like they're like you're, whatever's going on there. Just here's some <laughs> things to just just take care of it up there. Shut Don't up worry there. about it. Don't worry about it. no. That, but to your point, uh, the other day I was I sat through a, a legal education seminar thingy to keep my license up about cannabis companies and intellectual property law, just kind of like the intersection. I was like, I like cannabis. I'll learn about this. But they did at the beginning of it kind of this whole pre review of like the laws and how they've evolved over time. And the amount of like, yeah, this actually is based on this 1932 law that just like hasn't been updated. So it creates this like huge gap. And then these issues happen. And it's like, so we should like pass the thing to fix it, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah, we should. Or like the Amy Bradley, we talk about the cruise ship law. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, this was passed after the Titanic sunk. And you're like, so like a hundred and something years ago. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, it's still working though. And you're like, it's not though for the following reasons. Here's why it's mm-hmm. not. And it's like, anyway, we're just going to send a bunch of more money overseas uh, to a war. And you're like, cool, cool, cool. Well, we have some shit we got to take care of around here. And it's like, don't worry. We already have laws from back whenever we all drove horse-drawn buggies. Yeah. Or when we were hanging people publicly and ducking them in barrels of water to see if they'd float, see if they were witches. Like, it it is mind-boggling. It boggles the mind. It does. It boggles the mind for sure. Well, thank you so much for uh, reminding us about bunghole liquors because I was like, oh, yeah. And we got to go. And Bunghole Surfer, great name too. Hell yeah. Great band. I think Bunghole Liquors is one of the video uh, live shows that's on Patreon. If if any of you would like to watch the video version of that live show, it was a good time. Oh, yeah. It was so much fun. Salem was a time, man. Oh, that was so much fun. Perfect weather. Had so much fun. I can't wait to go back on tour. I'm stoked seeing all these possible tour dates we've been getting. Just mm-hmm. teasing y'all. Teasing you. Teasing you. <laughs> well, thank you, Bunghole Surfer. We appreciate y'all. Sinisterhood, we'll be right back. The next one is from Kylie, and the subject line is, My parents' house is haunted by a burping ghost. Hello. Insert all the lovely, wonderful things about you two in the pod here. Let's get to it. I have a weird ghost story I thought you would like to hear, as I've never heard another like it. My parents moved a few years ago to Illinois and purchased a new-to-them home. It's not even very old, maybe built in the 80s at the latest, although we don't know the entire history of it. We know that the family that lived there before my parents bought it and were selling the house because they were getting divorced and that they had done some strange additions on the place. Think... Doors that look like they open to closets, opening to hallways that lead to other rooms, multiple staircases, and two separate basement areas. The kitchen is connected to the mudroom, which connects to the laundry room on one side, 
And the only entrance, besides the one to the kitchen and the laundry room, is from upstairs. This is important for the story. Since my parents moved in, we've joked that they had a ghost because the lights would flicker every evening at almost the exact same time. My sister-in-law, who along with my brother lived with my parents at the time, said that one time she was doing laundry and also heard a man's voice say, not too much now, as she put detergent in the machine. I brushed both of these things off as silly quirks of a new house and the human mind, and I think the rest of my family did too. At least they did until this happened. Last year, I was home for Christmas and for some reason was looking for my dad. As I mentioned, it's a big house and people can unintentionally hide out in the nooks and crannies. I walked from the kitchen toward the laundry room and called out, Dad? From the mudroom into the dark laundry area. As I stood by the door to the laundry room, I heard what sounded like someone taking a big glug of beer before putting it down and letting out a contented sigh. That's weird, I thought. Why would my dad be sitting in the laundry room in the dark drinking? But I shrugged it off thinking that it was Christmas and family can be exhausting. Hello? I called again. More drinking sounds. Hello? I called. I heard another sigh and the thing I thought was my dad let out a loud burp. I huffed off to the kitchen to find my mom and complain about how dad was ignoring me and being weird by sitting in the dark. But when I walked into the other room, my dad was standing right there. The burp I heard had certainly come from the laundry room, and dad could not have gotten from the laundry room to the kitchen in the amount of time it took me to walk there and see him. The only other people in the house were my brother and sister-in-law, but they were downstairs in the basement. I must have looked freaked out because my parents searched the house to make sure there were no burping burglars around. And then, when it was all clear, we decided it must have been something of the paranormal variety. I don't play pranks, and if I did, they would not be this good. Since then, we've named the ghost Fred, and we haven't heard any bodily functions from him again, although occasionally we'll find a light on that was definitely turned off, or some other little discrepancy. So, what do you think? Is my parents' house haunted by a belching boogeyman? There's just some some man that has found his way <laughs> to your laundry. God damn it. Not too much now. <laughs> he sounds thoughtful and he's like, leave me alone down here. He this just wants private. to sit in the dark in the laundry room and drink his beer because Christmas is exhausting and family is exhausting. So I get it. I get it. If it had been your dad, I still would have gotten yeah, it. Yeah, right. That is shout out to Kylie to be like, Dad? And it's like, <sighs> and it's like, oh, yeah, it's Christmas. I'll just go upstairs. I'm going to leave him alone. I don't want to bug him anymore. <laughs> like, I oh, get it. In the, the dark, just anybody <laughs> sitting in the dark in the laundry room drinking a beer is so funny. But then the thought of it being a ghost is yeah, it's, even funnier. <laughs> it's fantastic. Also, if. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I need to do some laundry. Not too much now. Like too much detergent. I, causes I was bubbles. about to put too much in here. You're right. <laughs> Thanks for looking out for me. He sounds very thoughtful. I uh, mm-hmm. I I worry that if I ever come back as a ghost, that the only sound I'll be able to make is just the crack of a Dr Pepper Zero sugar, and then just <laughs> like a huge yeah. belch, like the ones that Tommy has to cut out from both of us on the <laughs> <laughs> on the show. Oh man. Well. I don't I don't have an explanation. Um it sounds like you got a belching boogeyman, but if if they're not hurting anything, 
I say let him be. Yeah, I think they're a good, uh, yeah, a good addition. If especially if they're watching out for you to make sure you're not putting too much detergent in the laundry. The only this other Winchester thing I would say, Mystery House though is <laughs> the fucking fuck? crazy with these multiple staircases, <laughs> doors that just open into hallways that go to two separate basement areas. Just wow. in case. Just, just one for fun, one for work, <laughs> one for work, one for play. <laughs> I, uh, I, I was wondering too, like whenever you have a house like that where you go, you like create a door that looks like a closet, but there's like a whole other section of the house. I'm always like, what'd y'all use this for? Like, what? Mm. Why'd you? Why'd you need it to be hidden? Well, what, mm-hmm. what's up with that? I don't like I don't that. Like that. Yeah. No, sir, I don't like it. My only other concern for uh, the family, Kylie, is to make sure no one's frogging in your walls. Like, make sure you're not having, <laughs> like, a lady or a, a person uh, living, like, they come out and they, they hear you coming and they go and scuttle back into their God. wall or something. Especially if there's a lot of twists and turns and nooks and crannies in there. Shit. You never know. I hadn't considered that, but that's the worst possible scenario. Kylie, you got to get somebody in there to check out the walls. Yes. How, do, like you, how do you go looking for that? Do, how do people get in? Do they get in from outside under the house no i think well it just depends one of them i saw the there was like a um i guess it was like an attic entryway like in the kitchen and they were getting just like climbing it was like above the the um washer and dryer and so they would just climb up and like pull themselves up and down which i'm like good on you for that upper body strength i would die (laughs) trying to do that or um i saw a recent tiktok that was somebody at an airbnb and they were sitting in the living room of the Airbnb, and it was like a locked door that they thought was like a closet, and it just Shut opened, up. and a man walked out, and they were Shut like, up. what the fuck are you doing here? And he's like, what? I live here. And they're like, you said we rented the whole thing on Airbnb. And it was like, well, yeah, but I have to stay in that room. And they're like, no. No, <laughs> The whole you place don't. means the whole place. And they're like, well, yeah, it's the whole place except this one room over here. Anyway, I had to leave. No. And they're like, no. So something like that where there's like a weird – or we, I think we read it on a Patreon segment where a person had – sold off a large piece of land but they didn't tell the people they sold it to that yes. they kept an underground bunker that they lived in on the yes, land. Yes, I think that was on a um, Confessions from yes, Reddit. Yes. And this guy just lived on the property in this bunker and no one had come looking for him so it. far. You're just like riding lawnmowering your new property and you find just a hatch, like a bunker hatch. Like, what do you Lost even do? Style. You um, call someone to come open it. Yeah. Because I'm too scared to open it. I would have to have somebody else. I'd be like, Tommy, you got to go out back and take care of this hatch. You need the uh, the UTB, the inflappable Tommy Brown, because that is – that's he just would open it, and someone's like, what? And he's like, you living in this hatch? Can't live here, man. You got to get out of here. Speaking of, I have to shout him out because tomorrow – it's his 40th birthday. Happy it's a milestone. 40th. We need to also, do. Also, I believe it's also National Juggalo Day, if I recall. <laughs> we found this out a while back. So two reasons to celebrate. Whoop, whoop. Well, a big whoop, whoop to the the king of the Bell House Supreme, our <laughs> wonderful producer, your wonderful husband, and a, a darling friend to us in the podcast community in general. He is an inextricable part of this, and we so very much appreciate him. On we this love you, babe. 
his 40th yes, we, birthday me and Eve. Heather, this is from yes. both of us. <laughs> when I'm at your house, though, and for real, and you'd be like, love you, babe. And he'd be like, love you. And I'm like, I'll love you guys, too. Just so you know, I'm just here. I'm part of it. I'm part of this. I, when um, I, I'm talking to everybody when I say it. So if you're around, true. you're included. Thank you. I also get it. But yes, we, uh, we speaking of speaking on everyone's behalf, Tommy, we, Christy and I, and all the listeners, love you very much and appreciate you very much for mm-hmm. all that you do. Absolutely. We could not do this without you. We also couldn't do this without all of you that send in your Freaky Friday stories. Thank you so very much. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you had a brush with true crime, or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being, send them in at sinisterhood.com slash Freaky Friday. If you like our free episodes, you'll love our Patreon bonus content. You can join for free to see what we're up to next or dive into over 800 hours of bonus content. We got some deals going on right now until the end of February. Yeah, it's a great time to join. If you've been wondering what it's like, you can do... We have the join for free, which you just kind of see what we're up to next. And you do get uh, a monthly free bonus content from the archives with that. But we have a free trial right now, which means for a week you can sign up. Uh, we're doing this for a limited time, but you can you get every single benefit and perk without getting charged. You just have to cancel before the trial is over. So when you if you like it and you want to keep going with it, we have the annual membership that you can join right now and get two months free. But if you're not sure if you want to take the leap yet, do that free trial because you can even just come and join DocuWary for free, binge mm-hmm. bonus content, listen to our most recent unpopular opinions where we defend Jennifer Coolidge with our lives, talk about <laughs> some seafood, talk about the devil went down to Georgia. We have some petty confessions coming for you all this week where our listeners write in deep, dark things that they've it. never told anyone. Um, and DocuWary is today as you're listening to this, if it is uh, February 16th. And uh, we're going to be talking about Summer of Soul. Tell them about DocuWary, Christy. Docuary is like a book club, but it's for documentaries. Every Friday in February, we review a documentary that we watched that week. We go live on Crowdcast at 2 p.m. Central and talk about it. This week, we are doing Summer of Soul, the 2021 Best Documentary Oscar winner. We've done all the Oscar winners so far. We did American Factory, My Octopus Teacher. Now we have Summer of Soul, and then we're going to be closing it out with Navalny. So, Join us. You can watch yeah. the movie ahead of time, um, or you cannot, but just know there will be spoilers. But either way, it's so much fun to talk in the chat and hear other people's opinions and what they thought. So 2 p.m. Crowdcast, just go over to Patreon if you're listening to this before. Even if you're not, you can still catch the the replay. Yeah, you can watch the replay and catch the one for next week. Also, our Crowdcast has all of our monthly Q&As, our quarterly bonus content live streams on there. So if you sign up for a free trial at the highest level, you can go and access whatever you want and then decide Mm -hmm. uh, to stick around. Like I said, until February 29th, we're doing a special deal where it's uh, annual memberships are 16% off. So it's basically like getting two months for free. So uh, head over to our Patreon if you have any questions. We uh, we love to chat on Patreon. And don't forget when you join, you get so much like ad-free episodes, all of our live streams, weekly bonus content, monthly mini-sodes, merch discounts for rolling the airwaves and getting into it tier so you get 10 or 20% off year-round, and a community of the best listeners on the whole entire dang internet. Speaking of merch discounts, head over to Sinisterhood.com and click shop on the top banner to check out merch like t-shirts, mugs, totes, stickers, and even clothes for your kiddos. If you are a Patreon member, you can use those discount codes, but even if you're not a Patreon member, we've got a deep sale going on right now on our past tour merch, so you can grab a shirt from our 2022 live show with Moment at the 
Texas Theater, which is just a dope design with a cowboy mm-hmm. skeleton. So good. As well as our 2023 Full Moon Energy shirts. So we're getting those out so that we can get our 2024 merch in. So head over to Sinisterhood.com and click shop on the top banner and save today. While you're on our website, you can also review the show, follow us on socials, and check out the episode description. You'll also find fun things like topic-based playlists and links to live show tickets. You can follow us on Instagram and threads at Sinisterhood Pod. Like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. You can watch full video episodes of the show on our YouTube channel, as well as clips from live streams. We're going to start putting some clips from Freaky Friday up there. And we'll also have clips over on our TikTok, both at Sinisterhood Podcast. If you want a video of us for yourself where we're talking right to you, you can order one on Cameo. Go to Cameo.com and search Sinisterhood. Let us say happy birthday, happy anniversary. I love you. I miss you. Congratulations. Get out. Whatever you want us to deliver, (laughs) we would love to do it. So uh, we can also have McGraw a popple, a corn skull, so many other things. Just let us know and we can uh, incorporate some of our fun friends from the studio. Fun friends from the studio. Mm-hmm. Christy, where are you at online? I'm on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I'm on the internet at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Sinister Who